Sepp Blatter steps down as FIFA president after 17 years at the helm of world football. The 2015 FIFA Women's World Cup is officially underway in Canada. Elsewhere in Canada, organizers in Toronto are approaching the one-month countdown to the 2015 Pan American Games. You're listening to the latest Sunday edition of ATR Radio. I'm Nicole Bennett. On June 2nd, as we now all know, Sepp Blatter sent shockwaves throughout world football after announcing he will resign as FIFA president following an emergency extraordinary congress. During the surprise presser, Blatter said that FIFA will call an extraordinary congress at the earliest opportunity to elect a new president. FIFA voted to re-elect Sepp Blatter for his fifth term on May 29th. In the days leading up to the 65th FIFA Congress, the U.S. Department of Justice charged 14 FIFA and sports marketing officials with a total of 47 charges of racketeering, wire fraud, and money laundering. U.S. and Swiss officials are looking into corruption that allegedly took place during the votes for the 2018 and 2022 World Cups. I spoke with World Football Insider editor and Around the Rings European editor Mark Bisson just hours after Blatter's shock resignation on Tuesday. Bisson said people are already predicting Michel Platini, president of the Union of European Football Associations, could replace Blatter as FIFA president. As the world is still reeling, Mark. Blatter was reelected just five days ago, so a lot of what I've heard, one of the initial questions that many had was, why was he even reelected? What what happened between now and five days ago? You said he was ecstatic during his reelection, right? Well, yeah. I mean, today's news absolutely extraordinary. Um, six days, five days ago, he was uh, reelected on on Friday, uh, which came two days after the U.S. Uh, raid on uh, Dawn Raids on the Borelak in Zurich that sent shockwaves around world football. And there's, uh, uh, you know, seven arrests there on 47 counts of corruption charges. Now, what's uh, amazing, really, was I think today um, Sepp Blatter and FIFA took uh, the world's media aback um, watching this story unfold throughout the day. Initially, Jerome Vout was the, appeared to be in the firing line, and I think everyone thought he might fall on his sword or be be kicked out of FIFA um, and take uh, take the flak for Sepp Blatter. There was a lot of shuffling going on um, in the afternoon. There were two separate statements denying that Jerome Valk had any link uh, or any um, oversight of the, the, the $10 million bribe, uh, alleged bribe that uh, went to Jack Warner uh, through FIFA from the South African government. So two separate statements there. So we all thought that uh, Jerome Vout will be appearing in, at the press conference tonight, a hastily called press conference, and that he would be uh, he would be out. And later on this afternoon, we, we then saw that uh, press conference was, was was called. Sepp Blatter was to appear, and, and still Jerome Vout was uh, in the firing line. So for for us all to hear, Sepp Blatter, with his uh, prepared script, quit FIFA after 17 years of a scandal tarnished. Uh, leadership um, was uh, an extraordinary moment in, in world football. And I think, um, you know, people have said today after this decision by Sepp Blatter that, uh, you know, it's, it's great for world football now. We can really start to change the game and particularly change the governance of FIFA, which has been rotten to the core for, for many years due to corruption uh, across the executive committee uh, and throughout the game. Uh, bribes and kickbacks have been you know, part of the story of FIFA for, for many years. And unfortunately, they've been attached to Sepp Blatter. He, he's never been brought to account for anything. 
um, linked to corruption. His allegations have been flying around for, for many years um, since he was first elected in 1998, but nothing stuck. Unfortunately, I think that time is, is coming, and I think the um, announcement tonight, just a few days after he was re-elected for a fifth term, I think was precipitated by perhaps news that he received from the US that the FBI um, are onto him, and, and he, he really perhaps uh, has stood no chance of staying on um, because they're coming. And I think ABC News in the States um, has reported this, that the FBI are investigating Sepp Blatter and his involvement in, in a, a bribery scandal, which goes back uh, you know, over two decades. So it re- really uh, extraordinary news. And I think um, this, is, this is great for world football now, but what happens next has to be, a, as they say, a root and branch uh, review of uh, FIFA and a complete overhaul of of its governance for for it to regain any kind of uh, standing in in uh, in world sport. It's lost its reputation. It's you know, uh, Sepp Blatter has um, overseen the exit of many corrupt officials uh, through the years in his 17 years, uh, and now is time to uh, for a new beginning. And uh, you know, I think there are people on the sidelines waiting, perhaps to uh, to enter the the next FIFA presidential race, but that won't be for some time. So in light of the announcement today and then what happened last week on Wednesday with all the arrests made and the investigations being launched in the U.S. and in Switzerland, what's bigger? You've said this is so good for football as a whole and and FIFA as a whole needs an overhaul. So was this bigger than what happened last week? Was Sepp Blatter announcing his resignation bigger than launching an investigation into FIFA. Yeah, I mean, last week the two investigations were launched. The, the, the big one, of course, is the FBI involvement, which is based on on whistleblower Chuck Blazer. Um, he's been informing on you know the, the 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 top officials at FIFA for the last couple of years, and that has been a part of the FBI's investigation. So FIFA is is coming crashing down now. I think Jerome Valk uh, will not be there long at all. Others will uh, also be hit with corruption charges, I expect. You know, the, the people like Issa Hayatu, who's IOC member for Cameroon, he's been linked to corruption charges and bribery allegations with the World Cup bidding scandal um, four years ago. But people like that are still under fierce scrutiny. I think uh, there's plenty more to come in this FBI probe, and I think in, you know, in the coming weeks uh, we'll see um, other people kicked out of FIFA. So, I mean, today is a a huge moment in world sport and uh, many people did not expect Blatter to go at all. I mean, it was was always after his giddy delight at at winning re-election last Friday uh, and saying that he was, thank you for staying with me to the delegates in in Zurich where I was watching uh, the scenes unfold. Uh, To see him today at the podium on the the live stream of FIFA.com quit his post was um, something else. Who do you think is uh, the front runner in the race to replace Blatter? Well, it's, it's interesting. We were just a few hours, the, the shock resignation of Step Blatter. Yeah, already people are talking about Michel Platini. He's the obvious uh, front runner here. Last August, he rejected the opportunity to, to stand against Step Blatter, which to, to many was a surprise. He, he has a, a lot of support in world football. He has rubbed some people up the wrong way uh, when it comes to World Cup slots. And, you know, UEFA is regarded as a bit of a superpower amongst the confederations. So 
there is a um, you know some people think he uh, is a little bit arrogant in his attitude sometimes, but he does have a a good standing in, in world football, and, and I think um, he will be the front runner. Prince Ali has come out today and described Sepp Blatter's decision as the right move, but in an interview with uh, CNN, he said um, he was not overly interested, or, or at least it sounded like it. He was non-committal and said, you know, if the national national federations the 209 member associations of FIFA ask him to stand for the FIFA presidency, then he will he will do it. And then, of course, the people like David Ginola, who never made the, the cut as one of the candidates for the FIFA presidential election, just gone. The, the former Spurs player and, French, and France star uh, has come out today and said he, he will, you know, enter the race, uh, which is interesting. He, he, he stands no chance of, of winning against the likes of Prince Ali or Michel Platini. Um, people are also talking about Jerome Champagne, who launched his campaign to unseat Sepp Blatter in January last year, he, he dropped by the wayside. You know, he couldn't get his five nominations from federations, so he dropped away uh, very early uh, in the FIFA presidential uh, race. But he may come back again. Unfortunately, I think um, he he doesn't have the support worldwide. He, he's a uh, you know, the Frenchman is a, is a, a European has a you know some strength in Europe on on votes perhaps, but uh, beyond that. He has nothing. So I think really Michel Platini and Prince Ali. But there is someone here we haven't talked about, and that's Sheikh Ahmed Al-Sabah. Um, he is new to the FIFA Executive Committee. Um, he, he only accepted his seat on Friday. Uh, and the Kuwaiti IOC member, who, as we know, is a, a power broker in, in the Olympic movement. Sheikh Ahmed is, is being tipped as uh, one of the FIFA presidential candidates. But um, so far today, we've heard from his, his office and, and he said it, it's too early, uh, too premature to talk about a bid for the FIFA presidency. Uh, we may see some moves on that in the coming weeks. The 2015 FIFA Women's World Cup is underway in Canada. As I said, the top three teams from UEFA will qualify to compete at the 2016 Rio Olympic Games. 24 teams from six confederations are competing in 52 matches at this year's Women's World Cup. ATR correspondent Bob Mackin, who's in Vancouver covering the start of the Women's World Cup, said Canada 2015 organizers did their best to dodge questions about the scandal surrounding world football this week. In Toronto, organizers of another major sports event are approaching a deadline. The one-month countdown to the 2015 Pan American Games begins on June 10th. I spoke with Teddy Katz, Toronto 2015 Director of Media Relations, on Friday to discuss the road ahead for the team. So it sounds like you've generated a great response from the public and media. Like you said, a lot of a lot of people applying for credentials. Do you foresee or do you know of maybe a challenge you could name in, in the coming weeks or near future for Toronto 2015 in, I guess, planning for all of these spectators and media? Well, we're continuing um, to spread the word, word, and that's the the big uh, job that we have to do over the next uh, several days of of leading up to the games. Is spreading the word, word, letting people know how big this event is going to be for those who may not understand just how important the Pan Am Games are for athletes, whether it's uh, on their journey uh, to the Olympics, since several of the events will be qualifiers for the Rio Olympics 
or if it's just an important part of the path of uh, on their journey of being a, a great uh, Olympic athlete or in in the non-Olympic events because we do have eight non-Olympic sports that are part of the games this uh, in a lot of cases is their Olympics so we're we're trying to make sure that people understand just how significant this event is going to be we're also trying to to get them to see that it's not just an incredible sports spectacle that it's also going to be uh, a, a great arts and culture festival that will go hand in hand with the games it's called Panamania it's going to run for 35 days throughout uh, both the Pan and the Para Pan Am games and we're bringing in uh, top acts top uh, singers songwriters from all over Canada the US the Caribbean and the Americas and these are some really really big names and many of the these performances are going to be for free so we're trying to get people to see that they can come for the sports and stay for the the party the concerts that are going to happen as well uh, we truly believe this is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity we, we haven't seen many events uh, like that in in this part of Canada in the Ontario region and we really are hoping that everybody sort of embraces this moment uh, if for for your listeners who who maybe uh, are, are thinking Thinking about coming, this is a great time to come and visit uh, Toronto for those very reasons I'm just mentioning: the sport, the arts and culture, and it doesn't hurt the fact that the Canadian dollar has has uh, declined in recent weeks. So it's a great opportunity. Tickets start from twenty dollars and uh, twenty dollars Canadian, I should say. So it's a great opportunity. If you don't know to Toronto, it's a great opportunity to come and get to know it. A relatively inexpensive trip, uh, and uh, it's a great opportunity to be part of it. So huge couple of months for Canada. They're kicking off the 2015 FIFA Women's World Cup this weekend. And I just wanted to ask out of curiosity, has that event in any way positively or even negatively affected Toronto 2015? Well, the games uh, are going to start, as you know, on Saturday. So I think once that, the games get going, the, the different soccer games get going, then people, the, the buzz will really build around it. And Team Canada is expected to do really well in the in the FIFA Women's World Cup. I, I believe that that will have some carryover for our games, where the Canadian team is talking about bringing its biggest team ever with more than 700 athletes to the Pan Am Games. They've set a really long goal of finishing in the top two in the medal count which would be their best finish ever and uh, I truly believe that if we see uh, the Canadian women uh, women's soccer team doing well people are going to see hey you know we have a this other big event coming and and we want to be part of it and in, in a similar way that we saw uh, when Canada hosted uh, the Winter Olympics in 2010 and Canadian athletes Canada's winter athletes did better than they ever had before I think we could see a similar thing here with Canada's summer athletes. It's interesting that the federal government calls this the, the year of sport for Canada because of all these events that are happening simultaneously. Uh, I truly believe this is the year of the sport and as I said I'm truly uh, sending out the invitation to all your listeners that if you haven't come to this area before this is a great time to come and visit and get to know us. Uh, each of the 41 participating nations should have their own hometown cheering section here for the Pan Am Games given all the diversity that uh, that is part of the makeup of Toronto, people who come from other countries and now make Toronto their home. So this is a great chance to, to, for Toronto to showcase that and also for, for people from outside to come and, and really experience it and, and see what makes Toronto so, so unique and such a great place to be. 
coming up on Monday, June 8th. Nicole, hello, Pierce O'Callaghan here in Baku. Pleasure to, to talk to you, Nicole, and, and thanks for having me um, on the podcast. ATR Radio will feature an interview with Pierce O'Callaghan, Baku 2015 Director of Sport. I spoke with Pierce on Friday to preview the final days leading up to the inaugural European Games. With well under one week to go, days away, will Baku be ready for the Games? Yeah, we can certainly say with a, with a very high degree of certainty that Baku will be ready for the Games. Um, it's incredible when you look at the journey we are at now, and today is seven days before the opening ceremony, that we've, uh, we've only just had 30 months to actually plan and organise and, and deliver the European Games, when of course normally uh, an Olympics and other multi-sport events uh, would have seven years uh, to prepare for the Games. Be sure to check into Around the Rings online on Facebook and Twitter this week for more with Pierce O'Callaghan, Baku 2015 Director of Sport, and of course all news related to the Olympic movement. This is Nicole Bennett. Thanks for listening.